Man, I love this church. You know, this week we began 2021 and we use things like a new year, birthdays, anniversaries as milestones, landmarks in our lives. And I was just sitting there listening to that, thinking about the milestones of this week. On January 1st, uh, I've celebrated 37 years in the ministry preaching my first message uh, on a Sunday night, January 1st of 1984, and also celebrating nine years as pastor, preaching my first message here, January 1st of 2012. And I sat there thinking, Elena was playing the piano over there, not that piano, but a piano on that Sunday. And so many of you who are still faithful and serving, uh, and I, I, just, I just love our church. I love our faithfulness. I wanted to begin the first message of the year by saying that. I love Eastside, and I love each and every one of you. You know, as we move into these landmarks, we move into new territory, and we mark it, and we look forward, we, we, we cast our eye upon possibilities. This week I sat down and took out my paper, and I've been planning and praying and looking toward the year, and you pray for me. Uh, it's hard to plan when all you did in 2020 is cancel, but we're going to plan, and we are planning and one thing that I was convicted about is I had not set some personal goals for 2021. So I'll give you a, a quick little snippet. And I hope you've set some goals. Because one thing I know, all you hunters, is if you don't have a target, you'll never hit it. I do know that. And so here's some quick little snippets of my goals for 2021. They're all over the spectrum. So number one... Read my Bible through at least one time this year. And I want to challenge everybody in this room. You say, I don't read fast. Andrew, how long, how many hours does it take to read through the Bible? 51 hours. You have 168 hours in a week, 52 weeks out of the year. Don't tell me you cannot read your Bible through in a year. Three and one-fourth chapters a day. Now you make up for the Ezekiel's and the Jeremiah's and the Leviticus with the Psalms and the minor prophets. Jude takes one minute. Obadiah takes two. Psalms has 150 Psalms in it and on average it just, it, 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 it only takes probably uh, four to seven minutes average, uh, you can read all 150 Psalms in one week and kind of make up for those days that may be really heavy. Uh, so I, I challenge myself, read through the Bible at least once this year. And then shoot par at least one time. Now, that's still kind of a legitimate goal for me. I enjoy playing golf, and I want to be good. I want to play as good as I can. 
And so I've set a goal. I want to shoot par at least once this year. And then finish my car completely. I mean, Deed's throwing his hands up. That's the loudest unspoken amen I've heard in a long time. Uh, Jaron feels my pain. Uh, I want to finish it absolutely completely. But then at the bottom, I wrote, and the Lord stopped me to write it correctly. You know, a lot of times as pastor, people bring friends to church, and I hope you will. I hope you'll encourage others. Philip alluded to that, what our heart should be on. Uh, I get to go in and speak to kids during Bible schools, and I get to go on mission trips, and I'm the one, I'm the pastor. I go in and present the gospel. But people have been sowing seed and pouring the, the living water on them, and I just get to come in and you know, just clean up at the end. I, I'm telling them, you know, the steps. I'm telling, showing them the scripture. But they've already been led to the Lord. And so I wrote down in big letters, personally lead somebody to Jesus. Personally lead somebody to Jesus. Those are some of my goals. Now, I have a word. And some of you have started catching on to this. Philip and I do this. Very often. Philip, once again, what is your word for your family's word? Bronwyn's word? No. <laughs> no. He had to spell that for us because that's me and, you know. Uh, K-N-O-W. To know. I mean, how many places do we see that? We see it in First John. We see it in Philippians. To know him and the power of his resurrection. There's no greater knowledge than to know Jesus. How about waters, kids? Y'all got a word? What? Joy, faith, good, truth. I can't hear. Truth, joy, and what? Faith. Sound like 1 Corinthians 13, doesn't it? Anybody else have a word? Anybody else have a word? All right, here's my word. And as pastor, I get to cast this word out before you as our word. So I want you bought in from the start. Because as we look at 21, we're crowded. And the song about what we cast our eyes upon. We can look on elections. We can look on pandemics. We can look on every kind of possible problem that seems to have arised in the last 11 or 12 months. But I want us to remember this is not the first time a plague has ever hit the world. And I want us to remember this is not the first time there was widespread heartache, death, and destruction. And it's not the first time that God can set his children free. And so our word this year, and we're going to be looking at it for several weeks and moving forward in everything we do, in every ministry, our word is forward. Look in Exodus chapter 14. 
Exodus chapter 14. And you know the story. Moses goes into Pharaoh and says, God said, let my people go. And he said, you've lost your mind. You're not going anywhere. Matter of fact, the work's going to be harder. And God sent a plague and Moses went back and God sent another plague and over and over and over and over until that night, the great Passover, still to this day, the most holy of times in the nation of Israel where the death angel passed through Egypt and broke the bonds of slavery to set them free. All of the Hebrew children leaving Egypt began to get outside. You remember what they told Pharaoh why they were going? The first time Moses ever went before Pharaoh, he said, let us go three days journey to do what? To plant, to invest, to run away from something? No, what were they going to do? To worship their God. And Pharaoh's exact words was, I don't know your God. He's not my God. Go back to work. And God set them free. Church, I want to encourage you going into this year with all the clutter, with all of the noise. God, if you're saved, God has set you free. God has set you free. I want you to think about it. Anything but ahead is going backward. The world keeps turning, doesn't it? We talk about the sun rising and the sun setting, but actually the sun is fixed. It's the earth that's rotating. And as we rotate and we take one trip around the sun, we celebrate another year of age. We celebrate a new year. You see, the world keeps turning and the age days keep clicking. And anything but ahead is going backward. Fear, doubt, dread, confusion, anger, and excuses are all things that can slow or even stop our progress. None of these things, none of these things have an impact on God. He is not prone to mood swings or questioning himself. He is God. That's who called me to preach. That's why you got up this morning. That's why you fought through all the trials and tribulations to come and worship today because he is God. Not only is he God, he is our God. He is the same God that created the universe and he is the same God that led Israel out of Egypt and into the promised land. I want you to hear this. I have no idea what this year will hold, nor will I begin to speculate. What I do know, hear me, because some people say, preacher, what do you think about this? And, what do you, and you know, People love to be asked what they think because then they can tell them. I want to tell you, I have no idea. What I do know 
is that he's already there. I don't think y'all heard that. I don't know what this year holds, but I know who holds it. And he is eternal. Therefore, he is already there. He was with Moses in the bulrushes. He was with Moses in Midian. He was there when the plagues were unleashed on Egypt. And he is here today and will be with us tomorrow. So are you ready to step into this year believing that he is and that he is a rewarder to them that diligently seek him? I can promise you, I can promise you that you will not regret it. As we read his word, let's go forward together. Exodus 14, verse 13. And Moses said unto the people, now imagine they're outside of Egypt. But there staring him in the face is the Red Sea and they begin to feel a rumble, much like an earthquake, no doubt. As hundreds and thousands of Egyptian soldiers led by Pharaoh himself with all of his chariots and great beasts of war were bearing down on them. I can imagine the fret, the worry, the concern, the confusion, the dread, the doubt. And he said, Moses said to the people, fear not. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, you shall see them again no more forever. The Lord, hear this, the Lord shall fight for you and you shall hold your peace. And the Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore Christ thou unto me? Speak unto the children of Israel that they go forward. Could they stay where they were at? and say, well, we'll just stay right here. The Bible says, how long halt you between two opinions? You can't stay on the fence line forever. Joshua tells them several years later across the Jordan, he said, choose you this day whom you will serve. I don't know what this year holds, but I do know God has very clearly told me to preach this. And today may be the turning point, the pivotal moment in your life that will set the stage for your year. What will you do? You can't stay still any longer. You cannot rem rem remember the past and remain the same. You must go forward. You can't just stand there frozen. You can't go back. He's, they're coming. You can't go forward. There's a Red Sea. What will you do? The phrase go forward here in the original language literally means to start on a journey. To move ahead. Now, if there's anything about a trip that aggravates me most, it's the last 30 minutes before we actually pull out on the road. No matter how long we've 
prepared, how long we have packed, I'm going to have to sit there and wait for at least 30 minutes for the last of the stuff. I can pack it all and still stand there waiting on the preparation. But once it's all in there, in someone else's defense, she doesn't do what I do. For the next 30 minutes, I question, did I get everything? And usually I didn't. I've left this, I've left that. One time I left all my luggage, just left it all. Sitting on the front porch. I want to tell you something. It's time to start on a journey. It literally means to move ahead. Can we just stop living because of the environment our world's in today? Do we just stop living? Listen, that's what's causing so much angst in people's lives is we feel like we've stopped living. I know it's different. It is unbelievably different. But my friends, God isn't. And we must take our heads out of the sand and trust him for our future. First of all, I want you to look with me in verse 13. Moses said unto the people, fear ye not. Now, did he give any leeway on what we should do there about fear? Pretty clear, isn't it? But we all still do it. We all fear the problems. Man, the story Philip relayed to us this morning about your aunt. Have we forgotten those of us who claim we love Jesus and we believe in Jesus, we've been born again, and boy, we're going to heaven, we sing when we all get to heaven. Listen, I, I know we're not in a hurry, but have we completely forgotten that there is a heaven to gain? You see, we just don't know what heaven holds, but we do know it's better than this. And so do we just... And here's the deal. No matter what you do, you cannot run and hide from that. One way or another, it's coming. You say, well, that's depressing. Not if you know the Lord. Not if you understand what she understood. Man, I'm going to tell you, when he said precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints, I've been in too many rooms where it took place. But I'm here to tell you, when a saint goes to glory, it's a whole lot different than someone that wasn't born again. The power of God is real. Listen, we must go forward without fear, no matter what is behind. A lot of us are basing our future steps on where our feet were in the past. All of us, hear me today, all of us have a past. Y'all with me? All of us have a past. We talk about skeletons in the closet. I've got a mausoleum. Okay? And just this morning as I was challenged to cast my eyes on the Lord, Satan tried to get my eyes back down. And I'm going to tell you where I, I just had to close my eyes. And what I did was I took my eyes to that empty tomb I was in 12 months ago. And I thought about my Savior. 
who when he entered that tomb was dead. And when he left, he was alive. And he did it for my past. He did it for my present. And he did it for my future. Listen, no matter what is behind, two things, forgiven, forgotten. I know it's been a rough week. I know you stayed up late and watched balls drop. And I know that you've done all kind of other things. You've ate and, and you, are, you are in a food coma from the last couple weeks. But hear me today. This is what releases you to go forward. Leaving those things which are behind and pressing forward toward the mark for the prize of the high calling. No matter what is back there. God... For Christ's sake, we'll forgive you. And when it's forgiven, it's forgotten. Leave it there. Leave it there. Now, don't forget in the sense of God's grace and where he brought you, lest you become arrogant in your faith. But don't ever forget that God has set you free. Why live any longer? All through, and we're going to deal with this in the coming weeks, when they got depressed, when they became despondent, when they feared for their life, they, oh, they would always go back to the same old rote. Oh, if we were still in Egypt. It's that, you remember the good old days? The good old days wasn't near as good as we often remember them. Y'all hear me? Some of the oldest of folks like to talk about, man, when I was growing up, and they brag, brag, brag. Man, we could see the chickens under the floor. We, yeah, but if it was so great, why don't you still do it? Because we like insulation. We like carpet under our toes in the morning. We like heat when it's cold and air when it's hot. Praise God for progress. Stop living. In the past, no matter what is behind, we must go forward. No matter what lies ahead. I mean, have you set goals? Do you have a word? Do you have any, or is it just willy-nilly? I'm just going, you know, I'm just going to go to bed tonight, get up tomorrow and do the same old thing. That's why we get so separated from reality. We just become robots. We become so entrenched in the, the worldly culture of doing what they say do and listening to what they say listen to and following wherever they say go. My friends, break the chains and leave stuff behind and go forward no matter what lies ahead. And to do so, you got to focus. You've got to focus. How, how do ships captains on the great seas of the world leave a little port on the Horn of Africa and sail up to a port on the West Coast? How do you do that? How do you maneuver? How do you, am I, it's easy. You think about how hard, no, the easy part's going through the Panama Canal or Suez Canal. Those are the easy things because you have guidelines. But out there on the wide oceans where all you see is water. 
and the storms and the clouds and the fog and everything else. How do they do it? Through navigation. In knowing the techniques. You want to know how to navigate the waters of this life? Know the navigator. Know the navigator. Read the compass of God's word and he will direct your path. He, he told us through that great man Solomon in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 to trust in him and acknowledge him and he will guide our ways. He'll direct our paths. Because you see, when we give in to fear, hear me, Wearsby said fear energizes us to run or it paralyzes us to freeze. My daughter being a psychology major, she's learning all the head shrink talk and all that kind of stuff. And we talk about different paradigms and different schools of thought on this and different counseling methodologies and all these other things. And one day she just, not too long ago, she said, just without giving any inclination to what she was going to say, there was no lead in. She just looked at me and she said, fight or flight. She'd been reading something, doing something, fight or flight, fight or flight. And the world teaches us that's the only option. But the truth is there's one more. You see, we can be either energized and run away. We can be paralyzed to freeze. We can fight in our own energy or we can simply trust in the Lord. But so often we just, we get so, we get so energized because we're fearful. The preacher may ask us to pray or uh, may ask us to serve. Somebody may ask me to serve in the nursery or sing in the choir or work with the children or teach Sunday school or even go to Sunday school or somebody didn't say something to me or they said something wrong. I didn't like the way they looked. They didn't do this. They, I'm going to tell you one thing. I've heard no one fuss about somebody not shaking their hand. Hadn't heard that in a while. That's one good thing about this whole COVID. Nobody's complaining about somebody didn't shake their hand. But now we don't hear that stuff here. That's why I love this church. I want you to know if you complain, you keep it really quiet or people really don't care what you think because they don't repeat it. Isn't it nice not to hear constant complaining? Oh, another one of my goals is to preach longer, deeper messages. That was a nervous laugh. That's actually not written on the paper. Are you energized to run? Well, that church did me wrong. Have you ever noticed the people that get mad and leave church, leave the next church pretty soon after? And then they leave the next one, and it's a church carousel. We've got to get in dig in and move forward for the cause of God. Listen, children are depending on parents to lead the way. If you teach them today that church is optional, when they get old, older, it won't even be an option. And then in a few more years, their children won't even believe there is a God. That's where we're living at today. Listen, no matter what lies ahead, we must not be paralyzed and say, oh, I just don't think we can do this. We must go forward. 
We must go forward in his promise. God has made a promise to us. Look back in chapter 3, if you will, for just a moment. Chapter 3, verse 7 and 8. Now, you know the whole story. You know how they ended up in Egypt. Now, you know, the one Joseph is forgotten. And now they have taken those who actually saved Egypt and now made them slaves. Moses, they're, they're going to kill all the babies. It is a type and shadow of the coming Messiah. As they're killing all the male babies. And Moses' mother gives birth. And she hides him for three months. And after three months, she feels like she can't hide him any longer. He's gotten bigger and probably pretty boisterous. And even though he told God that he couldn't speak well, he probably cried pretty well. And so she made a little ark. Second time an ark saved somebody. And put him in it. And pushed him out into the bulrushes. What kind of mama would do that? The kind of mama that trusted God for her child. Because you know the rest of the story. Not only did God protect her child, but God run an in route on them and had her raise him. How about that? It's amazing what God can do when we trust him. Listen, when we go forward in his promise, because here Moses has killed an Egyptian. Now he's wanted. His poster's in every post office in Egypt. And he has to run and leave, wanted, dead or alive. And he goes to the backside of Midian. It's there where he sees the burning bush. In verse 7, and the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt. I don't know what you're going through. God does. You know, when people say, I have an unspoken request, it's spoken before God. Romans 8 says, God knows our heart so that even when we are so hurting and don't even know. Have you ever wanted to pray and honestly didn't know how to pray? Well, I have. I'm like, God, this is, this is up to you. I don't know. I know your will be done, but my desires are fighting against that. God, I'm just going to have to let you have it. And the Bible tells us that the Spirit will groan for us before the Son who in turn takes it to the Father. The triune God of all the universe, all in unison, bearing our burden. That overwhelms me, I'll just be honest with you. That is so unbelievable, yet completely believable because it's who God is. Th th listen, this is the promise he said, I have seen the affliction and I have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters for I know their sorrows and I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land unto a good land and one that's very large unto a land flowing with milk and honey unto the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites, and the Perizzites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites. I have seen, I have heard, and I will do. 
Don't you think? Don't you think God heard not only the cries of those making brick, but the cries of those mamas and daddies whose babies were being slaughtered. Look at me today. There's never, ever, ever a biblical excuse to terminate that which God has created. And you can call yourself a reverend you can call yourself whatever I'm here to tell you today. And I'm not telling you how to vote, but I'm telling you what the Bible says. That's nothing but apostasy and demonic. And his own brethren have called him out on it. Church, I'm here to tell you today, the world has said good is evil and evil is good. And we've bought into it. God hated murder of babies then and he hates murder of babies now. And you'll never find a place where God okays it, ever. What God has said, what has God said? That we can go forward in his promise. Where do you want me to start? Where do you want me to finish? How about Genesis 1.1? And I'll finish at the maps. God has promised us all through Scripture. He promised us the Messiah in chapter 3 of Genesis. He promised us that He would never destroy the earth again in the flood in chapter 6 through 9. He promises us over and over and over and over and over. And one of the greatest promises as a believer we cling to, Jesus said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Even when we say, God, leave me alone. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to be part of it. We run to college. We run away in affairs. We run away in sin. We try to drown them with drugs and alcohol and pornography and everything else. But if you're a child of God, you'll never get rid of him. You can't. For God's promises cannot be broken. I'll never leave you nor forsake you even to the end of the age. My friends, we have the Bible full of his promises. And I, I'm telling you, if you'll read this Bible through this year, you'll see things that jump off the page that you never fully understood. You'll read scripture you may have read before and all of a sudden God just lights your fire with it. And God ignites that promise in your heart that it hits at the very moment you need it. Try me. God said, not me, try him. He said, try me and see won't I pour out a blessing that you can't contain. It will be like filling up your vessel, pressed down, shaking around, and running over that you can't contain. I don't know about you, but that does something for me going into this year. We must be energized, not out of fear, but out of his promise. Not just for what God has said, but what God has done. Think about this. Quick timeline, burning bush, plagues, miracles. They'd seen it all in just this little short period of time. You see, 
They had saw what God has done. We, we, have, we have more than that. They didn't all see what happened to Moses growing up. They had heard. They had heard about what God did with Abram and Abraham and Sarah and the son of promise in old age. They had heard about it. We've read about it. We've read about creation. We've read about Moses. We've read about Elijah. They didn't have any clue. They didn't know who Elijah was. It was a long time before Elijah would come. But we know what happened on Mount Carmel. We've heard the great things of Elisha and Daniel in the lion's den. The three Hebrew children in the fiery furnace. We've heard about Noah. We've seen over and over and over what God has done. Listen, your life depends on one, him. God ever done a miracle in your life? No, really. Don't just, has God ever done a miracle in your life? That's who God is. What's that song? Miracle worker? Promise keeper? That's our God. Stop listening to the gloom. Depend on the one who can do something about it. And then not only are we to go forward without fear and to go forward in his promise, but we are to go forward with purpose. Too many of us lack purpose in our life. We, we feel purposeless. We feel like we have no purpose in this earth. That's what's happening as we hear about people taking their lives. They feel like there is no purpose for them any longer. We talked about this last Sunday. Look in Exodus chapter 2. Chapter 2 verse 23. And it came to pass, I love that, in the process of time. Listen, 2020 came and 2020 went. Now, I don't know what 2021 holds, but I know that it will come and it will go one way or the other. And it came in the process of time that the king of Egypt died. And the children of Israel sighed by reason of the bondage and they cried and their cry came up unto God by reason of the bondage. And God heard their groaning and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac and with Jacob. And God looked upon the children of Israel and God had respect unto them. God had a purpose. Do you, you do realize that all Hatred toward Jews, all the wars relating to that all has to deal with the fact that Abraham and Sarah got ahead of God. What have you brought on in your life? Now, I told you about being forgiven and being forgotten, but there's still consequences to sin. Y'all hear me? You know, someone can, and I, I mean, I've worked in prison systems. I've been a chaplain. I've had guys who served time and then got out and came to church. And we ministered to, I worked with them and ministered to them while they're in jail. And I'm here to tell you, God loves them. 
God loves every man and woman. Whether they are the most upstanding, outstanding citizen or whether they're doing life without parole. But just because they are born again does not mean we set them free. There's a consequence. I don't know if you've heard it, but I listened to David Berkowitz's testimony. Y'all know who David Berkowitz? If you're younger than me, you probably don't know who David Berkowitz is. Y'all know who David Berkowitz is? Son of Sam. And the son of Sam is now a chaplain in prison with a very clear and definitive testimony of God's grace. You say, that's just jailhouse religion. He ain't never getting out. And so he has no other reason. But then again, I don't know. I can't judge that. But neither can I judge you in the sense of knowing for sure. I can tell a tree by the fruit it bears. What I do know is there's a purpose. And God heard it. And God, he said that God remembered his covenant with Abraham. Where do we find that in scripture? Genesis 12. We find the Abrahamic covenant. And do you know you sit here today if you're born again because of Genesis 12? Do you know that? He blesses and establishes the chosen nation of Israel, but he also says that he would bless all people out of the seed of Abraham. Do you know that? Read it. It's in your Bible. Unless you've got some kind of funky California Bible. My friends, the Bible tells us that we are to go forward with purpose. Why? To worship Him. We, God's called us to worship Him. This is our priority. God's calling us. God heard it. And He looked on them with respect to set them free because God had a purpose. He said from Abraham to Isaac to Jacob, the covenant, God had a purpose for us to worship Him. Why were they to go out of Egypt? To worship Him. Why were they to go into the promised land? To worship Him. That's why today they stand at the wailing wall, the western wall, which are the original stones of the last temple. It's the closest place they can get to where the temple once stood. And they... They bow in prayer and they read the word of God. They read Lamentations and Jeremiah. They read through those scriptures. I had the great humbling privilege to stand with about six of my brothers and stand with our nose. The wall was right here. And there was a stand and we opened the word of God and we all held each other and stood around each other this close from that western wall, that block that was there when they built that last temple before the Romans tore it down. And I had the privilege of partaking with my brothers in reading through the book of Lamentations. I'm going to tell you, it's one of the most humbling moments I've ever had in my life. Praying with our Jewish friends, and there are Messianic Jews praying for the Lord's return. And all I kept thinking was, my prayer varies from theirs because I'm praying for the Messiah to return. They're praying that he comes. 
And I'm praying that they see the one who's already been here. My friends, God has a purpose in your life. Our priority is to worship Him. In children's ministry, it's not about games, even though games are fun and I love games. When it comes to men, it's not about wild game, even though I absolutely love it. Women, whether it's a, a women's get-together, uh, whether it's just a, a women's tea, or whether it's a couple's Valentine thing, or whether it's a youth camp, whatever it is, it's all great and good as long as our priority is to worship Him. Y'all with me? We're to go forward with purpose to bring Him glory. That's why He heard them. Those were His children. God had established this covenant with Abraham and he didn't plan on breaking it. And wasn't any Egyptian going to stop it. I'm here to tell you, Washington can't stop God's promise. Russia cannot stop God's promise. North Korea, Iran, or China cannot stop God's promise. China has proved that. With the underground church, the hidden churches, they continue to lead people to Christ. And some of the greatest evangelistic fervor and revival in the world is under the greatest persecution. My friends, if that's why God's allowing some of this stuff to happen in America, so be it. If we will start winning the world to Christ. We're to bring Him glory. And then we're to go forward, not in a plan, but to go forward in his plan. Look back in chapter 14. Look at verse 13. And Moses said unto the people, Fear not, but do what? Stand still. You ever took your ch children somewhere and you needed them to be still and you didn't think about it when you fed them that bag of M&Ms on the way? And they drank a Mountain Dew for breakfast. And sometimes we get full of that stuff in this world. And God says, what you need to do is stand still. And I'm going to tell you, my mama could reach over and look at me and mama say, now y'all be still. You just, just stand still. And we still, wide open. But my daddy, he didn't raise his voice in public or anything. He didn't raise his voice much anywhere else. But daddy just look over and he'd say, it'd either be boy or son. But when he said, stand still, bless God, you knew you better. Now, I didn't every time. But I'm here to tell you there's never a time that I didn't that I didn't pay for it. Y'all with me? Some of your children need to pay for it. Some of this world, listen, we're living in such an entitled life. The thing, we can think and do and say and be, and we defend them against everything. I'm here to tell you, I love your children too, but none of them are perfect. They're not the chosen one. And the sooner they hear the truth, the better off they're going to be. He said, Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show to you today for the Egyptians whom you have seen today. 
You shall see them again no more forever. We got to stand still and see. Stand still and see. Abraham. Did God not do something with Abraham? He sent him into a land that he didn't even know. Abraham looked at a far country. He never realized the fullness of what God had promised. But he didn't just promise it to him. He was promising it to his people. God has a plan. Abraham had Isaac. The promise was not through Hagar and Ishmael. It was to come through Isaac. Amen? And God had a promise through Jacob, not through Esau. And God had a promise through Jacob who God changed his name to Israel who would be the father of the tribes of that great nation. It's summed up in verse 20 of chapter 50 of Genesis. When Joseph said, you meant it for bad, but God meant it for good. God has a plan, my friends. Stand still and see. But not only stand still and see, but be still and know. I'm going to tell you, if there's ever been a scripture that impacts me in an instant, in a moment when I need to hear from God and need His presence, it's Psalm 46, 10. Be still and know that I am God. Now I want you to think about this. Standing still and looking back, seeing they saw Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, and then all the way up to where they were. And how God had a plan. But being still and knowing. For us, we can know God established it through a woman named Rahab. And through a woman named Ruth. Both of them married in, grafted in. They had no business in the genealogy of Christ. But they are. Rahab, Ruth, David, Mary. And then on that glorious day, when that angel came said, you shall bear a son and you shall name him Jesus. Be still and know God has a plan. As they come to the instruments this morning, I want you to understand something. Where do you fit in? Where do you fit in? In the kingdom of God. Where do you, now's not the time to check out. Now's the time to get really focused because this year may depend on the next few minutes. This is the most important moment after the preaching of the gospel this morning to be focused and to know what? That we must go forward, number one, without fear. We are to go forward in his promise. God's made you a promise. Are you going to trust him? You've got to go forward with a purpose. God has a purpose for your life. No, maybe you need to come this morning and say, God, I need to understand what my purpose here is. I'm on this big blue marble in the expanse of the universe in all time, and I have no clue what you want. God, show me your purpose. And you need to go forward with his plan. You're tired of trying it your way. Now it's time to try his. You say, God, I want to follow your plan. Where do you fit in? He said it back in chapter 3, verse 4. And when the Lord saw that Moses turned aside to look at the bush, 
God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and he said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here am I. I want you to understand something with me today. He knows you by name. He's calling you right now in your spirit. You say, oh, you feel like it's written across your forehead in neon flashing. I know that feeling. You're lost and you don't know the Lord. You have fooled your parents. You have fooled your neighbor. You have fooled this church, but you hadn't fooled God. And right now God is revealing in your heart you need to trust him as Lord and Savior. Or you're saved, but you're not where God wants you to be in his plan. Listen, he knows you by name. He has a plan for you. Will you follow it? Will you follow his plan and go forward? Because listen, going forward with God means choosing sides. It just does. Going forward means being uncomfortable. Going forward means turning over our boundaries and our limitations to an unlimited God. Will you today give the Lord your all and go forward with Him? If the answer is yes, say, I want to go forward knowing Christ is my Lord and Savior. Come, I'll pray with you. You are a member of this church, been a member forever. You've been a member for a few months. You've been a member for a few years. Whatever it is, God's calling you to something. God wants you plugged into the plan. And your purpose and plan is here at Eastside to serve in women's ministry, men's ministry, whatever. You say, I don't know what it's going to look like. God didn't tell them everything was going to happen in the wilderness. He just called them to go forward. We'll figure it out together. Amen. Just come and surrender. Get outside of the bondage. Did God not spread the Red Sea or not? Let God spread your Red Sea today of fear, doubt, whatever it may be, and walk across on dry land to the center of God's will and His blessing for your year. Come. Come forward to Him. Come. Stand. Stand and come. Oh, Lord, my